Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking all about how can we regain control of our health, life, and our happiness, why it's important to speak boundaries, and why we need to get reconnected to our mind and our bodies, because so many of us have outsourced our health to other people, but it's time to take back our health. So I have a great conversation with someone that's done just that in their lives and now helps other people do the same in their own lives. And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome our guest, Amira Morales. She's an Ayurveda health coach, and I can't wait to talk to her today because we're going to talk about her journey and really getting her health and her life back, how we can regain uh, control of our own health, life, and happiness, the importance of creating a daily routine around health, our focus and energy, and how sleep is so important to part of this process. So I can't wait to have this conversation because I know you're going to get so much out of it for your own lives. Welcome, Amira. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to connect with you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me from Peru. That's amazing. (laughs) So can you first tell us, uh, you know, you have a journey that probably, you know, some people can relate to that they've sort of been on the corporate ladder and found themselves sort of in a not great position, maybe health wise or just stress or whatever, and sort of how your life changed. So you want to share your journey with us and then what life looks like now? Yeah, sure. So. I guess it's been like such a colorful ride full of healing, um, a lot of self-discovery and uh, reprogramming. And um, well, you know, I hope that your audience kind of resonates with it. So for for many years, I conformed to societal and parental expectations. So just for a bit of a background, I know you mentioned that I am in Peru now. So I was born here in Peru and in the 19th when terrorism broke out, my family and I migrated to Australia hence my my accent. So growing up, there were certain pressures put on me to achieve and become successful and climbing the corporate ladder was definitely, you know, one of them. Um, so I was in the corporate world for about 10 years and climbing the corporate ladder felt amazing, um, I guess, because it allowed me to live in a very privileged area of Sydney. I had quite nice things and I could go on a holiday, you know, once a year. Um, however, I kind of lost myself in the corporate world and uh, sooner or later, my body was going to let me know. And I guess looking back now, I realized that I didn't really listen to the whispers of the universe. You know, I ignored the little tap that came in the form of indigestion. I had a really weak immune system, so I was constantly getting sick. Um, there was anxiety that, you know, crept, uh, kept creeping up every now and then. Um, I felt cold all the time. Um, you know, I had severe hair loss. Like I literally like couldn't run my fingers through my hair without clumps of hair just kind of coming out and, uh, you know, mood swings as well. Um, and then the universe gave me a little pinch and that came in the form of hyperthyroid, um, insomnia. You know, there were times where I, you know, only slept like three, four hours a night um, and I felt tired all the time. 
Um, obviously, my stress levels were quite increased being in the corporate world, you know, having to meet deadlines and meetings and, you know, KPIs and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I also was riddled with candida that I didn't even know I had. Um, I had parasites because I had also got traveling quite a lot as well. Um, and I had quite severe uh, low body weight. You know? I was down to like about 40 kilos. I don't know how much it is in in what in the metrics that you use. Um, and I also had uh, amenorrhea. So I lost my cycle for about eight months. You no, know? So I should have been kind of been aware of this, but, you know, in the corporate world, you just push through it, you take a pill and, you know, hope for the best kind of thing. No? So then finally the universe gave me a little slap across the face and sent me to hospital due to burnout and kind of like a whole host of vitamin and, and mineral deficiencies. And there is no bigger wake up call than, you know, staring at the ceiling of a hospital room and realizing that, you know, I had no one to blame but me. No? I guess I was used to blaming a partner, my parents, you know, my childhood, but this time it was on me. No? So I was the one who had created this mess and because I had pushed my body to its absolute limit. No. So then after I was released, I kept going from specialist to specialist. And I realized that the only solution seemed to be prescription medication. Um, and as you can imagine, I became quite frustrated and disappointed, you no, know? because every kind of road that I ended up, it was like, oh, you need to take these pills. And it was like, oh, what about this? Oh, I was like pills. So it was, it was quite a uh, frustrating journey, you no? Know? So I guess that's when I realized that I was outsourcing my health to other people. Um, yeah. so I wasn't being really responsible, you no? Know? And I'm not saying that I am anti-modern medicine because I think modern medicine is excellent at uh, treating acute conditions and trauma, um, but I believe it kind of fails in the prevention of disease, no? So um, then I remember having this specific conversation with a friend of mine and telling him, like, you know, this is what I'm going through and it's really frustrating. And he said, well, babe, it's, it's on you, no? Because do you think those specialists are going home to their Bondi mansions, you know, overlooking the water, eating on their Vera Wang plates and just, you know, thinking like how amazing is life? They're not thinking about you, you know. They're not thinking about poor Myra Morales who like doesn't know what she's, you know, what to do with her health, you know. Meanwhile, you're here like becoming overly um, frustrated with your health because it's not doing what it's meant to be doing. Your body is not working correctly. Um, and I guess that's when I realized that something had to give, no? So my job was making me sick. I was going through a breakup. I wasn't really enjoying um, Sydney. And then I kind of started questioning every aspect of my life, no? as you can imagine. And one thing that I kept thinking was like, is there more to life than going to uni, getting a job, having a family, waiting for my four weeks of annual leave a year, paying my taxes, sitting in a nursing home and then crossing over? Um, and I'm not knocking that journey at all. Right. I just kind of knew that um, I was kind of hungry for more. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so, right. So that was sort of the beginning. Well, it was, it was the part of your story, right? Where there was a big shift that happens, uh, you know, totally. you, you took a trip. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that, that part of the journey as it unfolded? Yeah, so then eventually I had to go back to work after I was released from from the hospital and took two weeks off. And I remember this particular day when I looked around the office and I said, I actually don't care about this. Like, what am I doing here? No? And that's when I realized that my time in the corporate world was done. No? Two days later, I resigned, really not knowing um, what I was going to do next. You know, I kind of started to research yoga, teacher trainings in India, but 
I was like, oh, maybe it's just too much. Maybe I meant to, you know, and that's when the mind starts playing games with you, you know, because it wants to keep you quite comfortable, go back to the corporate world. It's secure. La, 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 no? And um, I recall this kind of one of the last conversations I had with my father before I left to go to India, which was very, very heated. You no. Know? And he said, Amida, nobody likes their job. We're just paying our bills. And I just thought, wow, this is enough for me to like hit that buy button on that flight to Bangalore, India. Or, and that kind of became the, the beginning of the end for me. No? So four weeks into um, my trip in India, I got really, really sick. And through a series of fortunate events, I ended up at a Ayurvedic clinic. And that was kind of like the beginning of, of this journey now, because this lovely Indian doctor, he had put all these like, um, the analysis together and he said to me, you know, this is what you've got. No. And if you have, you know, two choices, you can either keep going in the same direction and be faced with a future of infertility, Alzheimer's, arthritis, or you can start actually taking radical uh, responsibility for your own health, you know. And it was really no like a no-brainer for me because I had invested so much money, so much time, so much energy in Sydney, going around in circles with specialists. And he said, "Yeah, I mean, this is certainly something you know I can help you with, and, and definitely something that I can um, you can benefit from doing an Ayurvedic uh, cleanse, no." So then I checked into his 21-day uh, panchakarma, um, which is like a detox at his spa. Now, this is no like Hilton experience because it's probably like one of the most difficult things I've done next to like Vipassana or ayahuasca ceremonies. No? And it's challenging because it requires you to be still present and reflect no so the detox process you are you know your body is detoxing the physical body no but there's also these different aspects of your life that you start to think about you know relationships friendships old habits thought patterns no um but within the two weeks that I was at here within the three weeks that I was in there like I felt so much better like my skin started to clear up I was sleeping so much better my digestion improved like dramatically and um, I had a lot of energy, no? And I remember, like, one night in my room crying um, and thinking, like, wow, this is the first time I feel so connected to my body, no? And why don't people know about Ayurveda, no? I remember, like, wanting to share my experience with with everybody back home, no? Really, like, telling them, like, I found this, this healing modality in India that, you know, I, after 21 days I'm feeling so, so much better, no? And on my last appointment with the doctor, I asked him, you know, what happens when I heal all my digestive issues? He just looked at me and he said, you will discover your dharma. He closed the door. I shrugged. I was like, I don't know what he means by that. Because uh, he was quite a quirky doctor as well. So I was like, ah, oh, whatever. No. So fast forward five years, here I am. I'm an Ayurvedic health coach. I live in a really beautiful place of Peru, surrounded by mountains, Um my happy place is ecstatic dance. I use um, plant medicine to keep healing. Um, I'm learning to dance between the masculine and the feminine energy, which is super important because in the corporate world, I was so into my masculine no? and really connecting with Mother Nature because, as I mentioned, I'm surrounded here by by mountains. No? And I think like, this is the healthiest that I've ever been um, because I have all this knowledge now and the tools to come back into balance when I go a little haywire, no? but above all, I am following my dharma, which is helping professional women optimize their health so they can avoid burnout. Mm -hmm. 
so great. I love that that's, <laughs> that is your mission or your calling and that, you know, your journey took you there and which often happens to us, right? Mm-hmm. Something in our past or on our journey kind of makes it very clear. And so I love that. And But what I want to talk about is, well, two things that came to me when you're saying that one was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I've heard said before, disease is dis-ease, right? It's the lack of ease in our lives or in our bodies. And so obviously, um, Ayurveda medicine is, you know, in case people aren't clear with what it is, it's, it's, and you can explain this further, but it's a natural holistic approach uh, to physical and uh, I'm sorry, for your physical and mental health, which Mm -hmm. also differs, right? Because some modalities don't address both. Like you said, when you were in there, it wasn't just about what you were putting into your body and what you were doing. It was also, you know, meditation and all these other things, right. That you were having to do the quiet, the present. and so. I think the first thing I want to do is talk about what is, in a very broad sense of the word, what is, you know, this type of healing or medicine? Uh, So do you want to start with that? And then we'll go a little bit deeper into how people can apply this sort of thing to their own lives for having, you know, taking control of our own health. Yeah, sure. So I guess, you know, when in the West, when we go to the doctor, like the disease has already hit level eight or something, no? Because maybe you've got an ache or there's a discomfort or whatever, no? So the whole point of Ayurveda is to prevent that from happening, no? So, um, as you mentioned, so Ayurveda is actually one of the most uh, sophisticated and I would say powerful body mind health systems in the world. And it dates back to ancient India. So we're talking about 5,000 years ago. And it's actually the sister science of yoga. So I'm sure most of your audience has, has heard about yoga, um, but they're actually both meant to be practiced together. So while yoga looks at creating balance, uh, state of body and mind, Ayurveda actually looks at keeping the body and mind healthy. So you can go out and pursue your, your purpose, you know, live your life's desires, right? Because what is the point of us having like this amazing yoga practice, but we go home, and we smoke or, you know, we have really bad habits, no? So the whole point of Ayurveda and, and yoga is for them to work um, in conjunction with each other. So Ayurveda says in order for you to be healthy, you must have um, knowledge of all aspects of your life, you know? So quite often in the West, we just think about, you know, our food intake or our exercise, no? And that's just one part of the equation. So Ayurveda actually really considers you know, what's your emotional state like? You know, are you happy with where you're living? Are you happy with what you're doing? You know, what are your relationships like? Are you surrounded by people who are uplifting and supporting you? And, you know, are you following your dharma, the reason why you're here, your life's desires? So I personally love Ayurveda because it looks at an individual from a bio-individuality point of view. So this simply means that a person is unique with certain characteristics and what works for me may not necessarily work for you, Kirsten. And what works for you may not necessarily work for your next door neighbor, I know. So this is why I, I really love Ayurveda, I know. And I think Ayurveda can be quite complex and overwhelming. And this kind of turns people off Ayurveda. But when when I work with my clients, I encourage really small tweaks for long-lasting results, no? Because I think there's some perception that you need to do like this epic morning like routine, like from today, no? So I really like um love making like small tweaks, you know? And my goal is really to modernize Ayurveda no? and to make it super easy for people to understand and accessible and for people to look at um, you know, uh sleeping as medicine, uh, their kitchen as a pharmacy, you know, Mother Nature is really healing. So all of these things are, are within our reach, definitely. Mm. 
So good. Yes. Thanks for explaining that. I think that will definitely put it in a clearer uh, perspective or lens lens for some of the uh, audience. So, you know, I know one of the things like you just mentioned that you help your clients with, and I would love to hear more about is, you know, one, why should we be our own health advocates? Why should we stop outsourcing it? Like you said, and being reactive to our health and start being preventative. So why should we do that first of all? And then maybe after that, you can jump into um, how can we, what are maybe two to three simple things we can do to regain, regain control of, you know, basically our happiness and our health? Yeah. Um, so it's it's really interesting. I think in the West, we're so used to other people doing stuff for us, no? And really, our health is our responsibility, no? I, I am a, a health coach, but I'm not doing the work for you. I'm just guiding you and giving you the information, no? So most of my clients that come to me um, are due to burnout and they haven't really noticed the first signs, no? Like I said, the first signs maybe is the dissatisfaction with job. Uh, maybe you're feeling tired all the time, but you just keep kind of pushing through, no? And it isn't until we get to like, um, so I work in stages when I work with, with my clients who have burnout. No, the first stage being the honeymoon stage, the second one being onset of stress, the second one being chronic stress, burnout, and then habitual burnout. So I try to see where my clients are at. Um, so most of the time it's the honeymoon stage and the onset of stress and the first two levels of, of burnout. Um, and then we start to make really kind of small tweaks into, into their, um, routine like the morning routine for me is like such an amazing practice no and one thing that I find which is super interesting with my clients is the overuse of supplements um, because we've heard somewhere on Instagram or some you know somebody has mentioned that you know um, we all need to take um, this kind of oil this kind of supplement but the real question is like are you deficient in that Oh, actually, I don't know. I've never done the test, no. So we really need to stop um, also kind of um, using prescription medication, but now using supplements as a replacement, no. So we've replaced one thing with another. And then over, like I've got this particular client that I used to work with, and she started off with like having 12 supplements a day, no. But I was like, but why? Like, why are we doing this? Like, how is your breathing? How how is your sleep? You know, how are all these other small things in your in your life? You know, how can we improve them? So you don't have to take this. So you don't have to take that. No. So there is this overconsumption of of supplements. And our body really only absorbs about 20% of supplements. So really, you know, the rest of it is just really expensive pee, no? Right. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the kind of the reality. So with my client, I really want them to focus on smaller things, no? So smaller things, we start off with small things and then go into, you know, for, to get those really big results, you know? Get rid of your phone before you're going to bed. Now, really have a beautiful sanctuary in your bedroom. You know, look at your hydration because if you haven't had, you know, if you haven't been hydrated all day, you're like at 7 p.m. thinking, gosh, I haven't drank anything all day. Now I'm just going to like have like 10 cups of tea. Then obviously that's going to interrupt your sleep, no? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's about making all kind of these small tweaks for long-lasting results. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so let's talk about that, though. We, like for, for your instance, you found that you are burned out. But what would you say um, when people come to you, you know, so clients you've worked with, when they're starting to have the early burnout, chronic burnout, all these things, like what is maybe where they're most unbalanced are you finding? Or is it everywhere just a little bit? Yeah, I think because I mainly work with women, one of the things that I find is uh, not setting boundaries or not voicing 
the the you know the things that I need help with. No, so they just run around the house a little bit cranky because they have to do the washing, they have to pick up the kids, they have to do this, and sometimes we don't let other people help us. No, because my husband doesn't do it the way that I wanted to, or because I want my house to look you know like an IKEA catalog. No, and it's not about that as well. No, I had this particular client as well who I said get some help, and she said to me. But what would like what might my family think that I'm kind of struggling if I get a cleaner in? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I would rather you be like mentally feeling well, physically feeling well, than thinking about what Auntie Margaret is gonna say to you that you've got a cleaner. No? And it's okay to get help, no? And it's okay to say, guys, like, I need a family meeting, I'm kind of struggling and I, I, I don't know what's going on with me, no? So a lot of the women that I work with as well are heading into perimenopause as well, so that kind of age bracket, no? So there is definitely a difference between burnout and perimenopause. They kind of share similar symptoms, um, but one is like onset all the time, no? And one is kind of sporadic because the hormones are doing different things. So that's kind of the age bracket that I work with, but um, definitely like help women with their sleep, like Sleep for everybody is really important. And we actually don't even understand the importance of sleep. No, just the other day I was flicking through Netflix and there was like a documentary of um, Steve Aoki, who's a DJ, and, and his documentary is called um, I'll Sleep When I Die. And you keep hearing these kind of phrases in the English, you know, language that, oh, sleep is not important, no, but it is vital. It is really vital for our health. There's so much detox going on. There's so much, you know, um, goodness for the brain that is going on. But now we've got all these devices and we're online all the time. No? So that's something that I, I really love helping my clients with. So tell us just a little bit more about that, about sleep. And actually, I just had a friend recently that was working with a functional medicine practitioner. And that, that was one of her biggest areas that she needed to improve was lack of sleep. And not from her own doing, but just because of her house environment, you know, someone yeah. snoring or people waking mm. her up. But, you know, it was like that is one of the things that was causing more struggles, right? More challenges in her body was this lack of continuous sleep. So maybe yeah. is there are there some really simple beginning things people can at least look at to see, like, is this an issue for me or, you know, what can we do to make sure we have we have good sleep hygiene? Yeah. And I think in the West, we're so kind of really obsessed with numbers, no? Like how many hours a night should I sleep? How many glasses of water should I drink? Like what are my macros or, you know, just really obsessed with numbers, no? And Ayurveda doesn't really consider numbers. So Ayurveda says, how are you waking up in the morning, no? After you've slept, like are you waking really like lethargic and still tired? Could you go back to another 10 hours of sleep? Or are you waking up, you know, buzzing, excited for the day ahead? No, so we measure more like what's going on in the body. And I think for me, like one of one of the biggest things is there's a saying in Ayurveda, and we say that sleep is more important than diet and exercise combined. No, so once you start to get into the science of sleep, you understand exactly why that is. No? But sleeping actually starts when you wake up, no? So if you actually implement a really good solid morning routine and you're eating at exactly the same time each day, you know, you're having breakfast at 8, lunch at noon or 1, and then dinner at 5 or 6, no? you kind of get your body into this habit every single day, no? And your body knows exactly what to do each day to produce enzymes at a particular time of the day. And it knows that it needs to, you know, um, you know rest and digest, but if you're having breakfast one day at six and the next one at nine, then you're not having breakfast. 
your body is actually a little bit all over the place. It's quite confused of what to do each day. So having a solid morning routine will actually set you up for the rest of your day. And we know a lot of, um, you know, professional people, you know, live by that. I know Tony Robbins is a huge advocate of, you know, that solid morning routine. And it makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And we also want to look at exercising at the correct time of day. No, so exercising in the morning will actually help you sleep throughout the night. Because if you start exercising, and I know that some people still work in offices and can only go to the gym at, you know, after work six, seven o'clock, no, but that gives you more energy throughout the, throughout the afternoon, evening time. No? So then you're finding it a really be maybe a little bit challenging to go to sleep. No, but if you're going to, you're going to the gym earlier in the day or you're going for a run or a swim, or whatever doing your activity in the morning, it will actually help you sleep for the night. No? So solid morning routine is really helpful. Um, and also looking at hydration, you know, having hydration. I, I normally get my clients to stop drinking or having herbal teas at around five or six, no, six being the max, no. So we don't want we want you to get a really solid sleep throughout the night. And I think it's really important um, to obviously do a uh, tech uh detox no so i know we're also busy sometimes we get home and we still want to work or we still have things to do or we're on instagram or you know but that green that screen is actually really not helping us sleep because our mind doesn't know if it's morning or evening because of the light that it's it's coming out of our devices no um so that's definitely another one and also for people who who've never tried meditation or breath work i really encourage just to get on youtube and even if you do like alternate nostril breathing or just some deep belly breaths just before you go to bed um, and that will kind of set you up to to get a good solid sleep and not having a heavy dinner no I know in the west we're so used to having like a lightish lunch and then our you know our pasta or our risotto at night and that can be quite heavy for the stomach so I always recommend my clients to have like a really light soup or something super, super, super light in the evening. Still nutritious. I'm not saying no nutritional value at all, but like a soup is, is really great or just a curry, you know, without rice or anything. So more veggies that your, that your digestive system can digest. Mm. Those are all really great, you know, things to be thinking about. And, uh, you know, like you said, all things that can easily be implemented and no one's saying, oh, go do all the things at once, but it's kind of, Review what's going on in your life. Like you said, how are you feeling in the morning? Are you rested? Are you feeling worn out every morning? And then maybe sort of assess, you know, hey, what things might I do a better job with, you know, um, you know, in those areas. So, yeah, I think those those are really great. So thank you for sharing those. No worries. And do you like have a self-care routine at all? Because I think sometimes we're we're seen as having a self-care practice, like quite selfish. So I think we need to kind of shift that mindset, no? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I definitely do a little reading, you know, um, a little bit of um, prayer stuff in the morning. You know, I'll, I don't walk every morning in the morning. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's later in the day, but usually it's a little time for that. I'll go in my garden. Like, yes. So I do have a, a normal, um, you know, hour or longer in the morning to, to do all the things that I want to do, you know, or need to do in my day before I get, you know, going on my computer you know, or doing things for other people in my family. So yeah, it is really important. And, uh, you know, I, I do vary sometimes what time uh, I get up, but that's only because sometimes, even though I try to go to bed at a reasonable time, you know, I get woken up because my husband's coming in later or something like that. But 
but yes, so I usually do try to have an hour to hour and a half in the morning where I can get all the things done that I want to that make me have a better day, right? Start my day off better. And I feel grounded. I feel more calm in my day. Absolutely. Yeah. But and sometimes it is just, yeah. And sometimes it is just about like, you know, taking off your, your shoes and just you're standing on the grass for a little bit, you know, having a morning tea. And that's kind of one of my habits that I love to do in the morning. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes people overcomplicate it and think that self-care is about nails and going to the spa for half a day when it really isn't. It really is about, you know, nourishing the body, getting a good daily routine, sleeping well, hydrating, you know, doing mindfulness practices. Like you're saying, you know, sometimes you love to read. So yeah, it's about these small things. Yeah. And you're not wrong. I have so many girlfriends who I feel like when I talk to them, it seems like they're in a state of frenzy or overwhelm a lot. Right. And not that they don't do some self-care things, like they might go on a walk when they can, not daily always, but I can just tell it's like, are they ever taking time just to literally like calm their system down and reset or, you know, to kind of take down their stress levels. And for some of them, I don't think they are, you know, and, and yes, they might have a lot of things going on that are out of their control in some cases, you know, chronic health issues or someone in their family. I mean, there's, there's real things going on, but that's even more reason I think to have self-care time in our day because our stress is probably even higher than normal, you know? And so I, I, I can notice it from a mile away, which I'm sure you can too. Um, you know, and just, you just try to tell them as you can, you know, Hey, you know, you, you need to make time, you know, for yourself because it's not always, you can't serve other people well if we're not caring for ourselves. Right. Totally, totally. And actually on the topic of stress, it, it's, it's super interesting because I had a client recently ask me, but isn't the whole point of life to be like stress-free? And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know if I absolutely, you know, um, believe that as well, no, because I think there is this concession that we're all aiming to live this stress-free life, no? Um, but I can, you know, but I can see that, you know, I've been living in like phase three, which is like chronic stress, then having a stress-free life sounds very appealing, no? And, but we also need to, to realize that certain stress level, certain stresses in life are actually okay, no? For example, stress can serve me really well to motivate me or to take action towards, you know, um, one of my goals or while I'm learning, you know, stressful situations can provide me an opportunity to, um, for personal growth, no? And development and learning. And even in terms of health, you know, um, stress can be very beneficial in our physical health. Um, such as exercise no? so to improve right. cardiovascular yeah. health and muscle mass and all of that kind of stuff so stress is is not all bad no? and what is actually really bad for you is feeling stuck for me personally that's yeah. my opinion absolutely and you know you were kind of alluding to this but you know it's kind of examples like you said exercise or stressing our muscles right you're tearing your muscles and then they rebuild back mm-hmm. that's how you strengthen your muscles but it's the same with people that do the cold right? Uh, plunging in cold water or taking a cold shower. Yeah. It stresses your body if you want to use that word, but it's temporary, but your body mm-hmm. actually, um, it's good for our body, right? In other words, small bits of adversity or stress on ourselves can actually be something that we, we thrive more in those circumstances because it's not constant chronic stress, right? This high level of stress. It's, you know, our body adapting. It's really adapt, ad- adaptation, Totally, totally, 100%. So, yeah, it's a little bit of stress is okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so what else would you just want to share with us about 
Um, maybe some people think like, well, yeah, I only do go to the doctor when I have a problem, but I really do want to take control of my health. I want to be more preventative. So I, you know, they hear the things you're saying about sleep and just about morning routines, but is there just anything else you would want to share with people to encourage them to, you know, take control and be preventative, proactive with, you know, our health and our lifestyles and that we do get to decide. We don't have to keep living in a, whatever it might be that's stressing us out, right? Like it could be our work environment, it could be a personal relationship. It could be that we're not contented, you know, in what, what's going on in some area. Yeah, I think one thing in, in Ayurveda is the root cause of most of diseases that I mentioned is the digestive system, you know, and I think um, we are overdoing with a lot of things. Now, if you think at like the the general American standard diet, like it, it's it's quite a lot, no, even the Australian diet, no, it's quite a lot. So I think eliminating processed foods is a really great way to start, um, just putting less pressure on on the digestive system and in Ayurveda we work with three doshas so it's really important like once you get to know a little bit about Ayurveda to start eating in accordance with your particular dosha so what is serving you no? because one thing that was throwing me out of whack was that I was not eating correctly for my body no so therefore my one of my elements came out of balance and this is why I was losing my hair why I was like dropping weight and why I was like having candida and I was having all these health issues so one advice is for your for your audience is to get to know their um, unique constitution and eat according to that particular um, dosha is what we call in Ayurveda. And also looking at hydration. I think a lot of us are deeply hydrated. And when I speak to my clients and I do like tongue analysis and I get them to like, what's your skin feeling like? What's your hair feeling like? I find that a lot of the times it's um, dehydration is reason why they feel so tired, why they're not sleeping very well. So one thing that we love in Ayurveda is this uh, Ayurvedic Gatorade, which is just good clean water, a few squeezes of lime, um, some salt, um, and uh, sugar. So whichever, you know, just a pinch of sugar if they want, but coconut water can replace good, good quality water if you don't have any. So it's making these kind of small tweaks, no? So yeah, I think that's kind of where, where I would start and looking at, uh, learning to combine food correctly, no? A lot of the time our stomachs are having to handle so much and in Ayurveda what we do is actually we do a reset with just having something called kitchari, which is just rice and mung beans and spices according to your unique constitution and that just allows your stomach to rest for you know three days or so you're just having the same meal each day but you're not overpopulating your food with you know cereal and then toast and then coffee and then lunch and then dinner and then snacks in between where that's a lot of pressure to put on your on your digestive system so we go back to easy to digest food warm and nourishing Mm, so good Oh, that's, yeah, that was a lot of interesting information. So thank you for sharing that. So, okay, well, as we wrap up here, before you share, you know, about your, where people can connect with you online, do you just have one last, um, you know, tip or story you want to share with us, you know, just about, you know, how you've stepped into your really just this healthy, you know, your best life, you're doing work that you feel called to your mission and just encouraging people in their lives, you know, to make sure that they're, they're really stepping into, you know, what, what's here for them. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's 
for me, like I knew that the corporate world wasn't in it and I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And this is probably why I came across so many health issues, you know? So I think it's really about discovering what, what, what lights you up? What's your purpose? And I know that not everybody can just pack up the bags and go to India and discover themselves, you know? But I think during the, you know, the pandemic, what they called was like the big resignation where it really made people focus like, do I really like being an accountant? Do I really like living where I'm living? Like, would I rather be like off grid, grow my own veggies? So I think it's time for, you know, to really reassess, you know, what we're doing in life. And I wouldn't have been on this journey without all my health issues. So in a way, I am super grateful and understand that I had to go through that to come out the other side and and help women now. So I can come from a place of love and understanding and compassion for them as opposed to like just textbook experience and, you know, and, and that's it. So I think for me, like the biggest, the biggest like takeaway would be like really, um, you know, pursue what you, what you're interested in and don't be afraid. And I know it can be like really scary at the beginning of it all. No, but, um, yeah, I think that's part of, part of the process. Cause if it was so easy, we would all be doing it and we would all be healing our childhood traumas. We would all be doing everything. So it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Oh, so well said. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is a lot of us let fear or uncertainty or or potentially thinking that where we're at is safe and secure, but, but what is it doing to us? In other words, what's the, Mm -hmm. what is the other side of that coin? You know, if we're staying, but we're very unhappy, you know, what is it actually doing to us long term? Because, uh, you know, there's a saying uh, that I've shared often and I won't share the whole quote right now, but it's basically right. It's like, if health is, health is absent, what is the purpose of anything else? Right. Money doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You know, mm-hmm. your life, your house doesn't matter. None of it matters if we don't have health. And so it really does start with health. And everything you've shared with us is really about, like you, you said at the very beginning, we're so disconnected from our bodies. And you said after you went through that 21 days, you felt the most connected to your body, right? Your mind and body were connected more than they had been. And so really, this is a conversation about how can people tap back into, be present, be aware of what's going on with our bodies, what's going on with our minds. And what is holding us back? Like you said, the worst thing is not even uh, some of the other things you talked about. It's being stuck, not growing. And so, you know, I'm I'm with you. I would just encourage people. Fine. I just did an episode actually that came out today. But how do we how do we figure out like what do we want to explore? What do we want to like? Even if it's a hobby, what is there something new that you're you're not doing? But you you're like I really want to. Well, what's stopping you? Take one little baby step, you know. And then if it's in your life, like what's holding you back? What's the thing stopping you from doing what you really want to do? You know, and so I just did an episode about that today, but it's, you know, it really is important and we only have one life, you know, so it's kind of like, what are you waiting for? You know, it doesn't mean quit your job today. It just means keep exploring, keep discovering, right? Kind of like, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Exactly. And I think one of the last days that I had in the corporate world was when I looked around and I was like, I looked at people who were like in higher positions than me. They were burnt out. They weren't spending enough time with their families. They were working weekends. They were like drinking cups of coffee in the morning because the previous night that had gone out on a blinder. So it's, it's really like, wow, is that kind of like my future? Is this where I'm heading? And that's when you start to really question everything. And it was like, like definitely not. I don't want to have that life where I'm only spending a few hours, you know, a day with my kids. And so 
it really depends, you know, and there's so many different opportunities now for people. You know, if they want to get out of that, there's affiliate marketing and I'm not saying like go for it 100%, but there is more flexibility if spending time with your family is a priority than, you know, working in the corporate world or working 10-hour days. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you for coming on and joining us this morning. Amira, can you tell people how can they connect with you online to learn more about how you help people and the information that you you know provide to people as well? Yeah, so I'm kind of a little bit more active on Facebook. So you can find me under Amira Morales. I also have a really awesome uh, Facebook group where I love to hang out. And it's called Aveda for Professional Women. So this is where I share nourishing recipes, self-care tips, um, just general Ayurveda health that is going to um, help you. Um, so yeah, either one of those is is fine to connect with me. And I have a three-month program called Cleanse, Nourish, Balance. So um, I really take women through this cleansing process and it's just not the cleansing of the body. So it's like looking at your household products, at like your cosmetic products, like there are so many toxins in there and things that we don't even know, like what, what they're doing in those products. And then the nourishing component is me bringing things back into your diet that is actually going to support you and then the balance is uh, a blueprint into how you can actually come back into balance anytime you feel like you've gone a little haywire so good i love it thank you for sharing all of that with us and uh, i i really appreciate all the tips and information you shared in your journey so thanks so much for joining us today thank you so much okay and as we wrap up today i just want to really just encourage each of you to become your own best health advocate, to know your health numbers, and to also look for health alternatives, you know, people or information that can help you live your best life to feel your best. And just know that if you don't feel well, then there's often something we can do about it. I remember watching a documentary maybe last year, and it said disease is actually when your body's in dis-ease, meaning when your body is no longer at ease. And so Usually that means there's something we can do, and it doesn't mean that we only go to our doctors. Of course, going to our doctors, have people that can help us when we have a problem is is good and important, but there's so many other things we can do to be healthy, to nourish our body and our mind and our souls. So let's make that a priority because without our health, it's very hard to actually enjoy our lives, to live our best lives, and to feel our best and step into what God has for us in this life. So I just encourage you, take a baby step, do something to improve your health. One thing I'm doing this month is working with a functional medicine practitioner to really dig into my health data and then come up with a plan so that I can, you know, basically optimize my health for, you know, the decades to come. So I just encourage you to step out and do some small step this month to improve your health. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.